0: Welcome to Because He Lives podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Marlett. On this show, we share the testimony of our living God, Jesus Christ, from people's stories of coming to Christ, deliverance, and being set free, healing, and the signs, miracles, and wonders our God performs every day. Father God, we thank you for every person listening to this podcast. We give you all the glory, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. May the words of our testimony bless every person listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, this is Evan. Uh, Today we're going to go through my testimony. I'm going to share my story, how I got closer to God, how I... You know The journey I took to get there, and mm. hopefully this resonates with some of you and, and touch your heart as well. Uh, so before we get started, I'd just like to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, bless this podcast. Soften the hearts of all listeners to this message. May the words I speak today come from you and land in their hearts. Holy Spirit, you are fully welcome here. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So growing up, I always knew who Jesus was, and so did my family. Um, we always we always said our prayers at night, really by ourselves. So it was it was kind of a private relationship we all had, but really limited to prayers like that. Really limited to evening um, prayers. We went to church occasionally. I would say I went to went to a Catholic elementary school until third grade. I got a more so a dose of religion and understanding the, the sort of rituals that come with religion, you know, um, just kind of across the Catholic side of things. Um, Beyond that, after we, we kind of moved around a decent amount beyond that, um, I would say we went to more Christian churches that were just larger, larger churches that didn't feel like a community, didn't feel like a home, was more of a, you know, we wanted to get closer to God. So we think the way we need to do that is as we go to church and we didn't always have a home church necessarily. So, um, we, we really understood the religion aspect. We weren't as familiar with having a, a deep relationship with God. Uh, flash forward to today, I I love Jesus. He is my best friend. Um, we'll talk more about that later on. Um, some of the things that got me to where I am today and kind of where I am today. Um, You know, I was the first in my family to complete a four-year college degree and then first to finish master's, also the first to accrue a mountain of student debt, but that has been conquered. Um, We lived in Illinois, um, lived in Louisiana for a few years, moved back to Illinois, had to get out of Illinois, so I moved to Texas, and, you know, ended up coming back to Illinois to be closer to family, Uh, so really through... You know, living arrangements and through work, I got to travel all over the country, and kind of immerse myself in different areas and in different communities, which was really cool. Um, I have a beautiful, growing family, a lovely home, and a great job. You know, I'm really happy with with where my life is at now, and how I feel now is I feel so much peace. I mean, life's not perfect; there's still still challenges in life, but I feel peace and areas that i hadn't even realized were causing me distress because i had gotten so used to the pain or discomfort or you know downstream impacts that they had that i just i thought those were part of me part of my identity and now i'm i'm coming from a piece of pla- place of peace i feel that peace i feel you know a new level of love even beyond what i thought i you know what i could imagine i the moment that like, on that note, when the moment that my son was born, a new love was unlocked and unlocked in me. I never realized I could love another human as much as I suddenly did once that baby was earthside. Um, I mean, I immediately felt you know, like everyone I love in my life, the people I love the most, I love so much. And all of a sudden, this new level of love was unlocked. And I experienced that again when I was saved. i I suddenly realized what my relationship with my Heavenly Father is, the love that is there. Um, and also, as I, you know, I think about my. We're talking about forgiveness, and when I think about my son, I think about how God sacrificed his only son, Jesus, for everyone's sins. Now, if you're a parent, Look at your child.
1: Can you imagine their life being taken
0: for everyone else's sins? As you let that sink in, who are we to not forgive anyone for that matter? I mean, God forgave all of us, all of our sins by sacrificing His Son. So if you know, if someone stole your lunchbox in fifth grade,
1: is it really worth holding on to that
0: that pain, that unforgiveness of not forgiving that person? And obviously, the lunchbox is a silly example, but if you've been through pain, if you've been
1: hurt by somebody, holding on to that and not forgiving them in front of God
0: is at this point only hurting you. But, you know, like everyone else, I have my own struggles. We'll talk more about different parts of that throughout this podcast. Really want to dive into my story, things that I thought I could control in my life and and where I, I truly found some sal- salvation. Um, so I would say if, you know, if, Someone were to ask me, "What's my story?" For most of my life, it's been it's been kind of a tragic story, and I say that really in the sense of, you know, there were there were some really hard things I went through in life, and typically I would revert back to one or multiple of those um, when someone asked me about myself, because I mean. Really more than anything, they would
1: kind of feel sorry for me and allow me to
0: I'd, I'd say they would be nice to me, maybe because they felt sorry for me, maybe because they knew that I was being genuine and you know what I had been through and being open to sharing it um, but whatever the case may be you know that's that's always what I identified with was kind of those those tragic aspects of my story so i'll I'll share some of that um because. You know, these these are going to really glorify God, too, with his healing powers. Um, So even before I was born, um, you know, my mom came home one day and my biological dad was doing some sketchy things. Um, So she removed him from her life and then shortly afterwards she found out she was pregnant with me. Um, so my biological dad was not in my life. I did not, I mean, I didn't even meet him until I was like 19. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's one, you know, kind of piece like before I even came into the world, there was, there was kind of, (laughs) kind of some drama going on, you know? So, um, after that, growing up in Illinois, Um, some things that like really stuck out to me, you know, I, I kind of had a hard time fitting in, in school and this really carried over from Illinois to beyond. Um, you know, I remember once when I was maybe seven or eight, I had had a, a surgery to remove a cyst from my, um, basically where my Adam's apple is. And, you know, when I, came back to school whenever that was like a week or so later, obviously had stitches on, on my throat, (laughs) which kind of, you know, Frankenstein looking. Um, but I, I remember going to sit down at the lunch table. Um, and this girl in our class, like glanced up as she saw I was sitting down, like immediately got up and left. And I just felt itty bitty. Um, and I'm sure, you know, everyone's gone through some feeling like that in their life of just feeling unwelcome or feeling small. Um, but that was one that kind of kind of stuck with me in what was really a, the beginning of a tough period of life. Um, around that time uh, my mom had started being a foster parent, and she had brought in a um two-year-old boy to our home. Um and then a, a few weeks later, his little sister was born. She had you know a a lot of issues in the hospital and she actually came straight to us from the hospital um so this you know this little boy and girl were with us for two years and they I mean this is I think I was six maybe when they came to us so from six to eight so it was a solid two years of them being in our home them being in our life you know that was my brother and sister for all I knew like that was that was my family and one day I went to school and I came home um and they weren't there because their, you know, someone in their family had regained custody of them. So they were, you know, they're obviously, they're back with family, which is, you know, great for them. But I, you know, I was a little kid, I didn't really understand that. So I was, you know, it was heartbroken. Um, my mom was too. It was really hard for both of us to, to go through losing, you know, what was essentially family. Um, but Somewhere around that time, my mom met my stepdad, the, the man that I call my dad, um, and they, they got married, um, and my dad got de- or not deployed, but he got um, moved to an office in New Orleans. Uh, he's a sergeant in the military, um, and so we, we moved down to, you know, the New Orleans area, Um, Started, kind of had a a new start there. Um, This was a this was a new, you know, new experience for me. I hadn't really left where I had been in Illinois at all. (laughs) Um, You know, we had maybe driven to like Indianapolis. That was probably about it. Um, So I had pretty much a whole new world for me. Again, going into the not fitting in in school, I moved down to Louisiana for the second half of a school year. Um, after that school year, moved to the next, the next school. was basically a through third grade and then went next door for the school for fourth or sixth grade. Then there was another school for seventh and eighth grade. So it was kind of a, a lot of bouncing around, even though it was a lot, of, a lot of the same people across those schools. Kind of felt like I was constantly starting over. Um, and that really, you know, just, it kind of made me feel like an outcast. I feel like I didn't, felt like I didn't know people to begin with. Um, and it's funny cause I thought that would, I thought that would stay in that period of life, but that really, that really happened quite a bit. Um, but anyways, not long after moving to Louisiana, um, there were, you know, we had a, a nice little neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, but there weren't there weren't that many kids who were my age it was, there were a lot of kids who were i think like four or five years older than me um, And they would like come over to my house and play basketball. There were kids like always dunking <laughs> on my on my basketball hoop because i don't know just the way we put our basketball hoop in the driveway you had like a full lane so it was like right in front of the garage so most people had their, their hoop on the side of the side or the side of the driveway. So it was kind of a big deal that, you know, you had, you could like shoot from further and all that stuff. So anyways, had just had a lot of like older kids over at the house a lot and just like kind of made friends with a lot of these kids. Um, so there's obviously a lot of good that came from that. I learned a lot from these guys um, and there were some, some good friends in there, but um, there was one who you know definitely took advantage of me being younger and me being just kind of oblivious <laughs> to things in the world um, but he you know he introduced me to pornography um to masturbation um, I mean he even touched me in ways that a little boy should not touch a little another little boy um and that's something that very, very few people know about, um, but I'm sharing this because I think it's an important aspect of, of this story. So we'll we'll come back to that later. Um, but yeah, so after after a few years in Louisiana, Hurricane Katrina hit. Um, at the time, it was just just another hurricane that was coming. You know, we had I had slept through hurricanes at that point. Um, We didn't really think that it was going to be anything too serious until I think maybe maybe like 36 or so hours before it made landfall. Um, So we moved or, you know, kind of packed up quickly and joined our neighbors who had family in Arkansas and, you know, hit the road with them. And I was three weeks into high school at that point. So again, trying to fit in (laughs) and then. You know, here came, here comes Hurricane Katrina to to interrupt that. Um, and we were fortunate; our our house was not completely destroyed or anything like a lot of people's were. But we did have bad flooding. Um, we had, you know, our fence was destroyed. We had four big dogs, so we kind of we needed our fence. Um, and we were renting, so since the house was still standing, the house was worth a lot more than it had been before the storm because there were, you know. There were a lot of families who their livelihood was truly in that area they needed to be back there so um, you know our landlord said hey here's the price this house is worth now you guys can either pay that or you know i i gotta find i gotta sell it for this price um and so we we took that opportunity to move back to illinois um that is so that's where i continued high school um high school typical thing, new high school. I was wasn't just starting high school, coming in a few weeks or I guess at that point a couple months late. Um so new kid, I will say, you know, I was I was pretty openly welcomed by this high school, which was really nice. There's um just a lot of a lot of people who were open to, you know, me being there and just kind of allowed me to to hang out with them. So <clears throat> definitely helped a lot to have a little more of a welcoming environment there, um, smaller school, more smaller town. You know, just a more of a, a true community. I'd say that was kind of my first experience at you know being part of a community. Um, so that was definitely definitely a good thing. Um, <clears throat> when I was. I was when I was in Louisiana, my I had a best friend, Jeremy, um, and so you know after Katrina, him and his family had had moved to another part of Louisiana. Um, I obviously was in Illinois, so we we stayed friends. We talked on the phone a lot. We texted. We um, came to visit each other a few times, um, <clears throat> but he unfortunately he went through some really hard times, got in with a bad crowd. Um, he had actually had surgery on his leg and he was prescribed oxy for um, or oxycodone for, for the pain for that surgery healing. Um, and then that happened to be around the time he got involved with a bad crowd who used oxycodone um, recreationally. So he, Unfortunately, got in with that crowd. Um, He ended up going through rehab while still in high school. He was able to graduate high school, and, you know, everything was on the up and up for him. Um, And then one day, you know, a few days after I graduated, I got a call um, saying that Jeremy had passed away. And I I was absolutely devastated. That was really the first, that was really my first experience with anyone I knew or loved really yeah, really even knew um they had died, and it was you know it was like one of the best friends I had ever had in my life um so that was a really hard experience that i mean it took a long time to to move past that um, it took a long time for that that to heal um and you know kind of before that i had you know, like most high school kids, it started a a relationship, Um, you know, I had a girlfriend in later high school, Um, and so, I know, kind of being in a relationship helped me to get through that pain at the time, Um, but I think I really, I put a lot of pressure onto, you know, the, I kind of I kind of cut down my circle, um, of people who I was close with because really to guard myself from, you know, going through that hurt again, I mean, I think I put a lot of pressure on the people who were still in my life to kind of handle that, you know, that burden of, of the pain that I had gone through. Um, so anyways, you know, I had and I had a couple bad breakups through, through the following years, um, and really... You know, as, I, as I got past those, I, I got through um, college. I moved to go to grad school up in Chicago. I was really finding, a, you know, finding new friends, finding new experiences in life. Um, I started a job out of school that allowed me to travel all over the country, which was awesome. I met some, some really great people, um, you know, some of my closest friends and you know, my now wife. know, really built those relationships in that time period. Um, I would say as as I was starting to feel like I had, you know, I was doing all the right things and I kind of figured everything out, um, I was about, I just ordered the ring for my wife, uh, my now wife, um, to propose to her. And, you know, around the time of, basically right before that, that ring was delivered to me. So before I had a chance to really talk to a lot of my friends about, you know, planning to get married or anything. Um, my good friend, Mikhail, um, who I had been friends with, he was, he was one of the people who really helped me to feel welcome in high school. He was, was kind of funny the way we met. Um, it was like my grandpa had met his sister because she was working at a, a restaurant that he went to frequently. Um, and so he, like my grandpa gave me a piece of paper with Mikhail's name on it. And he was like, oh, you know, reach out to Mikhail." I'm like, what the heck am I gonna do with this? Um, you know, when I was, when I first met Mikhail, he immediately came up to me and he was like, hey, new guy, I heard you know me. And I was like, ah, you know, not really, but <laughs> I know of your name. Um, which sounds like a weird way to meet. But oddly, that's how I made a lot of my, my best friends is, is by weird <laughs> interactions to start. Um, but we, we ended up being really close friends like all through high school and through a lot of college. Um, again, he's, you know, a, another close friend who went through a lot of hard experiences. Um, and, you know, being a man in our world, we're not always... We're not always supported in handling our pain and our emotions appropriately. Um, and so I, there was, you know, I remember in high school, I guess maybe it was right at the end of high school, somewhere in there. Um, I remember Mikhail attempting suicide. Um, remember him, you know, I remember him driving basically speeding through the country, driving off the road on purpose, um, flipping his car he, you know he ended up in the hospital. I remember just going to see him and I was I was so confused, but I was also just like, "You're an idiot. <laughs> what are you doing?" Um, but I, at the time, I really didn't realize how deep that was or how How frequent the torment that he was experiencing was. Um, So flash forward a little bit when I lived in Austin for a a few years, um, he actually lived with me for close to a year. He he was trying to decide what he wanted to do, where he wanted to move. He came down, he was going to stay for a couple weeks, and then he ended up staying (laughs) for close to a year. Um, You know, we had had a blast together. Um, But I was also traveling a lot for work, so I didn't get to spend a lot of a lot of meaningful time with him it was a lot of a lot of partying time. We would go to um, just go to bars together and stuff like that. Like we weren't really, we weren't getting a chance to have realistically the types of conversations we needed to be having. Um, but anyways, when I, you know,
1: shortly before
0: I'm about to propose to uh, Madeline, uh, you know, I got news that Mikhail had committed suicide, so I I kind of found out at that point that he actually tried a few more times over over the years leading up to that, um, but he had just been really secretive about it to a lot of people, so everyone knew him. I mean, really, Jeremy and McHale both. Um, there's a lot of similarities between both these guys. They're just They were just, like, such fun people to be around, and so positive and loving, and, like, they made... They can make anyone and everyone feel welcome, the very first time they meet them. Like you, you meet them and you're like, "Oh wow, I've known them forever." Um, you know, really losing both of them was incredibly hard.
1: But where I where I really find peace with, where I really find peace with
0: them is what I've learned of. The spiritual aspect of this world, and now that I understand things that they've gone through and see them so differently, things like addiction, things like suicide and depression, um, rejection, abandonment—all these things that I kind of always just thought of as, you know, feelings or just things that people have or don't have—I see them differently now. Um, So I'll get into that more a little later on. A lot of ways people talk about anxiety and depression, but the way I experienced those things was really a an extreme tightness in the center of my chest. Like, I physically felt it. I mentally, you know, would feel anxious. Um, I went through depression, went through not enjoying things that I used to enjoy, kind of a numbness of feelings and emotions. And really, you know, all of those things... That I worked so hard, I tried so many different healing methods to address, but there was one clear moment, one encounter with God that really just shifted that from, you know, it was something I regularly encountered, it kind of got better sometimes, kind of got worse sometimes, until that encounter with God, it was was just gone. I found peace, I found love, I found joy, I found comfort in Jesus. That's kind of the background, the my quote unquote tragic story, I kinda like to call it, because a lot of pain that I went through here. Um a lot of these things, you know, a lot of you have probably been through different aspects of these things. Um there I mean unfortunately a lot of these things are are not uncommon. But what is common, what is normal is that people generally don't know how to handle them, what to do about them, or maybe don't realize that there is a solution to all of these things. Um, and so finding a solution is exactly the the journey that I went on really, really after Mikhail died. Um, you know, I had some big events going on in my life between Madeline and I getting engaged, between us you know, getting ready for our wedding and stuff, but there was losing Mikhail really... Brought up a lot of the pain I'd experienced before that I thought I had addressed. Um, I, you know, I had buried it deep down enough that I just kind of thought it was it was gone. Um, but really, as we, you know, as we kind of embarked on that journey together, I, I was also really trying to focus on my own healing journey. You know, I was, I'm very much a problem solver. I'm like, all right, there's, there's this pain. There's got to be a solution to this pain. Um, you know, what is that? So one thing that, I, that really helped me in a few times in my life, as far as understanding health and wellness and all of that stuff, um, You know, my undergrad and graduate degree were both in health management. So one of the things we talked about was the definition of health, like what is health. So in America, we largely accept the absence of infirmity or disease as as the definition of health. Health, basically, if you're not sick, you're healthy. Um, The other broadly accepted definition, which um, was from the World Health Organization, and is I would say used a little less in our country um, is a complete state of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Um, so I was always intrigued by that, by that World Health Organization definition. Um, I didn't know what all of it meant, but I, I knew that, I knew what physical health was. I knew how to, to work out and how to eat healthy. So I, I focused on that a lot because I, a lot of the things that I saw as being healthy came from that. Um, losing kale especially kind of opened my eyes to more of the mental and emotional health and how to address that. But I, I didn't know exactly what to do, so I tried a little bit of everything. Um, and a lot, I I don't like to halfway do things, so I you know I. I really tried to thoroughly understand things that I was doing and, and what could help me. So um, I tried yoga, different kinds of yoga. I tried acupuncture. Um, chiropractic care probably went to five or six different chiropractors consistently um, throughout different periods. I tried therapy. Um, I tried nutrition changes, so like different types of you know, different kinds of foods can be more inflammatory for some people than others. So I I really tried to understand the nutrition aspect um, of, you know, maybe this type of food is irritating me. So I'd cut it out for a while. I'd try incorporating different ones, that kind of thing. I'm really trying to like heal my body through, through that, which I do believe there's a lot of power in that, but it's, it's not the end all be all. Um, Weightlifting, you know, strength training has been an important part of my life for, a really long time. Um, I honestly, it took me a while to have this revelation, but I've, I have since realized that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the consistency and discipline I had around weightlifting was really in managing pains that I'd gone through in my life. Um, Kind of that deep burning fire I had to always lift heavy weights was because there was just like kind of a lot of pain and anger that were, were buried deep down in there. And that that helped to, to kind of mask those things. Um, I also tried breathing exercises, um, grounding exercises, um, TMJ treatment, which was very lengthy. Another healing modality I looked at uh, was drinking. This is this is a huge one in our society right now. A Huge one across my college friends and beyond. Our my work friends. And, you know, a lot of people think of drinking, using drinking to address, you know, anxiety or or depression or something in like a, a clearly destructive way, I would say. Um, But I, you know, I would go out with coworkers for happy hours, um, go out with friends, like on the weekends, even just dinners with with friends, but you know, it seemed like everything kind of revolved around alcohol to some extent. Um, you know, I did this for such a long period of my life that I really just kind of identified fun as when I was drinking. I was, you know, if I wanted to have fun, I would, drinking was always involved, and so it just kind of seemed like drinking was a source of fun. Um, this is something that really i use as sort of a band-aid to help myself have fun to help myself um, get closer to friends even i had a lot of you know serious conversations when when drinking because we just don't have serious conversations when we're sober Um, and that's that's something that i really want to want to change all of these things helped incrementally but I never felt fully healed no matter what combination of these things I was doing. I would, I would kind of evaluate myself like, okay, I feel, I feel really crappy in this area. I'm going to apply this change. And then, you know, a month later kind of reassess, like, how do I feel in that area now? And it was always a little better. It was always a little bit of improvement. Um, but I, I just wasn't feeling peace. Um, you know, all of, All of these things I was doing to try to address... I was trying to address anxiety, depression, pain, anger, frustration,
1: um, grief, sorrow,
0: Kind of all these things that I I didn't know how to express, but I knew they were there. I didn't know I didn't necessarily know how to define them with those simple words. Um but those those were all the things I was, you know, really at least consciously trying to address. Um you know, I found out later there were there was more. <laughs> there was more to that list. Um but we'll get to that in in a couple minutes here. So you know on that healing journey I also I started an online year-long intensive through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So this was a a really cool online course that taught me basically a different way to look at nutrition. So what, what hooked me in on this, this school was that they they define the food on our plate and like what we consume, the water we drink, like all that stuff. They define that as secondary nutrition. They define primary nutrition, like the primary things, the primary areas we need nourishment in our life, our physical activity, our spirituality, home cooking, our home environment, our relationships, our finances, our career. There's there's a a dozen different aspects to what this school considered primary nutrition. And I thought that was a really cool way to look at things. And... And I was really interested in that because I, you know, I'm, all these things that I've tried doing to heal myself, I'm like, wow, this could, this could have some really helpful information that I can learn from here and I can help other people to heal from similar things. And I really went into it with the lens of this school can help me to be a health coach, which then I can help other people heal, but I need to heal myself <laughs> and I need to feel like I am healed. And so I um, you know, I started the school with that intention and, you know, I really learned a, a lot from it, um, a lot of those incremental things that can really help. Um, also, as kind of towards, well, while I was doing that course, um, one of my classmates told me about this therapy, um, I don't know what you call it, a therapy modality, maybe called EMDR. Um, I... I forget what it stands for exactly. But anyways, the the concept behind it is that we process our traumas during our REM sleep. Um, and so that's, that's the rapid eye movement sleep. So it's kind of a certain stage of a sleep cycle where your eyes are rapidly moving. It's kind of your mind's kind of processing different things. Um, and so this EMDR therapy is based on the foundation that during this phase of sleep is when we're processing traumas. So a lot of people who have trouble sleeping, who have night terrors, who um, just always have bad dreams, this is basically because our body's processing either traumas or current stressors and like during that certain phase of sleep. um, And this EMDR therapy is essentially a way to replicate that but while awake, while consciously awake, um, so being able to like more, more so pinpoint things that you've gone through that you need to address, you need to focus on. It's um, a really, really cool and simple type of therapy. Um, so I've, I looked up, you know, practitioners who practice this, and there happened to be one like five minutes from my house. So <clears throat> I tried it out. I had actually gone to this. Um, this office before, about a year prior, you know, really trying to kind of work through the pain that had come up when losing Mikhail. Um, But I didn't feel like we were really making progress because I didn't really know what I was trying to accomplish at that point. This time, you know, I I was seeing the, basically the lead therapist there this time. um, The one who was, the one who I know was licensed in this modality. And so around the time I started up this process, um, I'd also started reading the Bible because I'd been kind of going back to that definition of health. I'd been curious about the spiritual aspect, but I really didn't understand what I could do, you know, what, how that related to me. So I started reading the Bible from the beginning, <laughs> um, you know, Genesis chapter one, and As I'm doing that, I'm kind of you know reading a few pages every day. I'm starting up therapy with this EMDR process. So also for this, um, this can be done a couple ways. One is like the the practitioner just kind of like holds their finger up and she moves it side to side, and your eyes just follow, like kind of going left, right, left, right. Um, There's also these like little hand buzzer things that you take one in each hand and just kind of vibrates left, right, left, right, left, right. And so I, I did the the buzzer one because I don't know it kind of freaked me out to start every are going back and forth. But um, anyway, so that's that's kind of like the the logistics of how that works. Um, so I'm reading the Bible. I'm, I'm starting this therapy, going um, I think I was going every other week, and then my wife had started listening to worship music a little more, especially when. Before our son was born, she started listening to worship music more and more. Um, and I, had, you know, I started to listen to it more and more. So I put like a Christian radio station on in my car when I was driving around. And um, I was finding some songs that I would you know, work out to or walk to or whatever, um, or even just like work or study to. So kind of those three things were, were healing things that were going on that, um, I maybe didn't realize quite how much of an impact those were. Those were going to have to different aspects. Um, and while all of this is going on, I should mention too the TMJ treatment that I mentioned earlier was a that really came from a lot of physical pain that I was feeling with. That I, you know, I when I was trying to find a healing modality for that, I came across an office that basically offers an alternative to jaw sur- to jaw surgery by um, putting a device in that pushes. The top front six teeth forward. Uh, they went forward, I think, like eight millimeters. And then once those teeth are moved, braces go on to pull the rest of the teeth forward. So some people, some people who knew me in high school were always like, "Oh, you have such a beautiful smile. Why do you have um, braces?" It was because my bite was off, and you know, I had, I was at a point of desperation and thought this TMJ treatment was really, um, at that point, one of the only things that could. It help with that. So I I do think it helped a lot. Again, it's it's one of those incremental healing things that helped um, with certain symptoms. Um, I just mentioned that because that was that was another big healing thing that was ongoing while, while I was doing these other three things. So during my therapy process um I had some really cool visions that came to me. Um, so when one of the aspects of this EMDR piece is, is having a kind of like a happy place. Um, and so when, you know, when the therapist kind of said, you know, visualize a happy place, like a place you feel safe, a place you feel at peace. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, really know what to say, but I, um, it came to my mind this, mountain i had gone up um, like this hike i had done in california once when i was traveling for work um out in san luis obispo i think it may have been called bishop's peak back carol that might not be right anyways i just i that's the only hike i ever did by myself and i you know i remember getting up to the top and just i could see the town down below and i could just see like all 360 around it was a pretty small peak up there so i could see you know all the way around um I just remember feeling really peaceful up there and I was like, man, I, I wish I could, I could feel this peaceful all the time. This is, this is really cool, but also, <laughs> it's also exhausting hiking up a mountain. So I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just try to remember this because I'm not going to do this every day. Um, so sitting up on that mountaintop is the, the image that came to me when she, you know, I said, find your happy place. And I was like, okay. So I, I just kind of remembered sitting there at the top, looking down in a, you know, very peaceful state. Um, and I, also when she, you know, asked me to imagine this, I also like had this vision of Jesus sitting on the ground next to me with his hand on my back, just like a, we're kind of like on my shoulder, you know, kind of like just a, a loving, supportive seat. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, like how, how weird that my, you know, my mind came up with that thought, um, which I, I know now that was the Holy Spirit really pushing me along on my healing journey. Um, but anyway, so we, as we went through this therapy process,
1: um, we were we were going through a lot of these these
0: things I brought up earlier. A lot of these pains, these hardships. We would kind of go through one at a time, and essentially she would just have me um, talk about what came to mind. Um, Which, what was really cool about that is, without me even knowing, you know, the Holy Spirit was guiding. Was guiding those thoughts that were coming to my head, those revelations I was having, Um, and we even got to a point where there, I was just like one particular situation I'd gone through. um, Long story, not worth it, but the. Basically, I had kind of gotten, like, beat up, basically, Um, and I had held on to a lot of anger because it was was humiliating for me, um, having spent my whole life lifting weights and being as strong as I could and also being a very non-aggressive person. Um, To kind of get physically assaulted was really, I guess, like, hard for me to process. I do not really have... You know, I didn't really know how to talk about that or, <laughs> like, kind of handle that anger. Um, but through this therapy and through, you know, the, the Holy Spirit guiding me, um, one of my last therapy sessions before I was finally, like, you know, I, I don't need to do this anymore um, was I had this vision of walking up to this guy and just putting my hand on his shoulder. And saying, I forgive you. And I was like, that's weird because <laughs> that's really hard um, for me to imagine. But you know, the Holy Spirit had put that on my heart to you know, kind of have that experience during that session. And, you know, <laughs> even when I told the therapist, like, told her that exact same sentence, she was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't think that's, you know, what you were going to say. And, you know, I forgive you. But um, I learned later that saying that out loud is actually a really powerful thing that sets things in motion in the spiritual realm. Um, so forgiveness is a a
1: big piece of, of that. Um,
0: and you know, another vision I had was kind of like walking with this jacked Jesus. <laughs> Um, and I say that if, if you've seen uh, Talladega Nights, you've, you know, you've heard the, the scene where they're describing their Jesus. You know, one guy's like, oh, I imagine my pound, eight pounds, six pounds, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. Barely speak a word yet. And the other guy's like, well, I imagine my, my Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt. Um, well, this vision kind of came to me of this, you know, this Jesus that had the physique of Ronnie Coleman. You know, he's like six four two. 50-plus, solid muscle, just, like, walking with me. Um, I just, I, like, felt small, but in a good way. Like, not in the sense of me feeling small, but in the sense of Jesus feeling so big. Um, and that was, you know, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny at first because I was like, you know, Jesus was, like, five two, I'm pretty sure, and really skinny, so that doesn't make sense. But knowing what I know now, that was, you know, that's Jesus in the spiritual realm. Like, Jesus is the most spiritual person or being who's, who's ever been among us. So that was really a representation of, of a different reality that I didn't know existed at the time. Um, so the next, it's one, one other thing that's, that's a valuable piece. of so, um, so this therapy journey, this Bible reading journey, um, all this stuff started, I think, October of last year, so about a year ago, um, somewhere in, I think it was February, I had been making progress on all these different aspects of healing. Um, I was actually getting a massage, and you know, I was just in a very relaxed state, and I heard crystal clear, this deep booming voice that said, let your guard down. Um, and it was, I knew it was the voice of God. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. I, you know, I've, I was kind of confused. Not, I wasn't confused as so much as I just didn't know how to describe it. And like, obviously it was, it was something that only I heard. It was not a, it was not an audible thing that anyone else would have heard. Um, but I have since heard other people describe this as once you hear your father's voice, you know it's your father's voice. You don't need to, you know, other people may question that you heard it, but you've heard it. And that's, I mean, that's the only way I can describe it was this was like crystal clear, deep, booming voice. Like it made Morgan Freeman sound like a, a small child. It's like the deepest booming voice I've ever heard. Um, I mean, it can only, I can only describe that as. As the voice of God, so you know, I, I didn't know what that meant. Let my guard down, but you know, I, I was like, I guess I need to be on the lookout for an area that I need to let my guard down in. Um, so I'm not going to go through Madeline's whole testimony because if you want to hear that, you can listen to our first episode of this podcast. Um, but Madeline's experience, her. St- you know her experience was was a huge part of my healing journey um, once she experienced deliverance you know i even though I wasn't in the room with her once she told me what happened right after I felt like I had been there and I do think that's what that's why God told me to let your guard down was because that's something that the spiritual realm is not something that's clear to a lot of people and a lot of people would turn away from it because it's, you know, in the physical world, we have science and we apply this change. We get this result. We know exactly what happens, but in the spiritual realm, we can't see what's going on. Most people can, I should say. Some people can see the spiritual realm, Um, but it's easy for us to ignore the spiritual realm because it's hard to explain. It's hard to understand. And my mind was I mean, basically my mind was blown when <clears throat> when I learned of about deliverance and what all it entailed um and so I was you know incredibly thankful that my wife had received deliverance and she got more deliverance after that as well and continued to heal um but I I knew at that point that's what I needed to um I was very I didn't know what all it entailed necessarily, like how it was going to help me. But um, <clears throat> we have some now very good friends. Um, there is a couple who is is just very. They have a, a great relationship with God. They are anointed with the presence of God. Um, they have done a lot of healing through Jesus's name, which um, you know I now understand that as Christians we all have that authority to do. So anyways, we, we went to their house. Um, that's where I, I received deliverance myself. Um, I even remember going in there and, you know, Steve is like, what, what do you want to accomplish from this? Like, what do you want to do today? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just know I'm supposed to be here. Um, I, I just don't know. Um, and so we, you know, the Holy Spirit guided that session and brought Brought a lot of the pain that I talked about, brought a lot of it to light. I mean, it it came up, and I received healing for it. Um, you know, I had I had these different spirits cast out of me: these spirits of anxiety, of depression, of of anger, of um, pornography, of you know, just so many things. Like I could I could rattle these off for probably five minutes straight of just all of these things that were not of God, that were things that I had had experiences in my life that were open doors to these things, these spirits, and they, they began to live inside of me because I had opened these doors. And it doesn't matter whether I did that knowingly or unknowingly, they, these doors were open. The music I was listening to was opening doors. Um, pornography had opened doors. I mean, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, like any... Anything and everything um, that's not of God, like, there are there are things that are open doors to these unclean spirits, is what they're called in the Bible. Um, and, you know, there's a reason why I avoid a lot of the things that I avoid now, not only because of what I know, but also because God has taken away any, you know, any spirit of addiction, any spirit of, um, you know, needing those things in my life because I, I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and savior. Um, so anyways, going back to this, this session, you know, um, they laid hands on me and healed, um, you know, prayed for me, um, prayed for healing of my heart and I this was I mean this is like a super powerful time in the session where I um I had a vision and I should say too I've never considered myself an imaginative person I don't have before these godly experiences I've never had like unique or elaborate or really even cool visions I don't feel like I've, I don't know, I feel like I've been um I would always consider myself like Maybe like artistically challenged, <laughs> so having visions like this were were kind of a big deal to me, um, especially because I could tell they they weren't coming from me um so this so anyways like as as my heart was being healed, I had this image of sitting on the lap of this just gigantic god, um just i mean like basically as big as this earth, just like sitting on his lap. And um, that was was the true moment where I realized who my heavenly father was and that my heavenly father was more important than any, any person, anything, any feeling, anything on this earth. God is above all of that.
1: Any healing modality, God is above all of that. If I want true healing, it comes from Jesus.
0: In this session, I also um, I also began to really work on forgiveness. Um, I you know I forgave that kid who hurt me when I was a kid. Um, I mean, I, I even for, I forgave my friends for dying. Like I forgave. I mean, I, for, I forgave my mom and my dad for things that. I mean, not even, just, not even for specific things, but just like forgiving them. Not necessarily that they did anything wrong or that they knowingly did anything wrong, but there is power in speaking forgiveness in the spiritual realm. Because by speaking forgiveness, we're setting wheels into motion of, of that person being forgiven and God's will being able to be done. Because when we, the Bible says... In Mark chapter 11 verses 24 to 25, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And in John chapter 20 verses 21 through 23, it says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he... He had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained." So what that says is that by not forgiving, we are holding on to the sins that were done to us. By forgiving, we allow that person to go to God for his judgment. We're not saying that person that we approve of what that person did or that we're okay with it but we're saying that we forgive that person and that any judgment for that person will be done by God, not by us. Our job is not to judge people. Our job as Christians is to love people, to care for people, provide support for people. God's job is to judge. So any judgment is reserved for God. I feel like it's a lot of people say, only God can judge me, and then they <laughs> do stupid stuff that, they shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> and I don't say that out of a place of judgment, but rather it's, it's something that people should be aware of.
1: Um, and I,
0: I feel that being aware of that comes from reading the Bible, reading the truth, and realizing that this is not just, not just another book. It's not some fantasy fairy tale. Um, I guarantee you, if you start reading the Bible, you will you'll feel some type of way. Some Things will start happening because things are happening in the spiritual realm by you reading the words of God um, and you will more and more have more revelations, more visions, more... You you may even hear a word from God. You may have thought I was crazy when I said that I heard from God and that's fine because I I honestly, I don't mind if you think that. Um, But on the other end of that, I do want you to experience that because it's incredible.
1: So who is Jesus to me?
0: Jesus is my healer. He is my foundation. Jesus is love. He is peace. He is purpose. He is my strength and he is my deliverer. By Jesus opening my eyes to the spiritual realm, there's a whole aspect of the world that I see so differently. Literally every earthly thing I see differently because I, I can relate it to what the core foundations of it are, what it, the core foundations of it are at a spiritual level, and whether it's something that's coming from God or something that's coming from the enemy. And when we... I do think it's one of those areas where things can vary much so be broken down into those two categories. And yes, there are, I mean, there are some things that are, I don't know, in between. You know, I see a pillow right now. Is a pillow evil? Is a pillow good? It can be used for evil. It can be used for good, right? It's perspective. And it's, we as humans, we have free will. That's what God blessed us with is free will. We choose what we use that pillow for. We can rest our pretty head. Some people try to smother people with pillows doesn't mean a pillow is bad or good, but it's something to, to be aware of, that we have free will, and when I hear people say, I don't know if I believe in God because this, this child got cancer, or this guy killed this other guy, or this person lost their job," I understand that's not a good thing. You know, those, those things happening are not good things. But God will take bad things and use them for good, for one. And for two, if we think about what caused different things to happen, bad things almost always, at least in my opinion, come from something that the enemy has done, something that the devil has done, to influence a situation or cause something to set them in motion. If, you know, if someone is feeling extreme anger and they have a, a spirit of anger upon them and rage and they are angry enough to hurt somebody else, do you think that's something coming from God or do you think that's something coming from the devil? So yes, that person was given free will by God, can perform that action. But that doesn't mean God just let it happen. He's not just like sitting there allowing things to happen or not. He gave us free will. It's an area where we as people have to take responsibility and understand our role as believers of Christ and what our role is here on this earth to to advance his kingdom.
1: So I'm very much a
0: problem solver. I'm a, I am a solution giver when, um, when I feel that there is a problem that is presented. So if you're listening to this, um, you know, maybe you're, you're wondering, like, well, what can I do? Like, how can I, how can I advance my life and heal and get closer to God? And, you know, any, any of these things that I mentioned, um, the very first thing that you can do is accept Jesus into your heart. So if you'd like, you can repeat after me. Um, It's it's very simple to accept Jesus into your heart. Um, You can say, I accept Jesus into my heart. I believe in the life of Jesus. I believe that Jesus was born of immaculate conception. I believe that Jesus came to earth as the son of God. I believe that Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. I believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose again from the grave and ascended to heaven. I believe that he sent the Holy Spirit to live in
1: our hearts after he left. And I believe that Jesus will come back again.
0: So if you've repeated that You've said that out loud. You've spoken that into existence. You are, you know, there are angels that are thrilled and having a party that you just accept Jesus into your heart. Um, you, you will likely start to see some things in your life change. And it's not, there's, again, going back to the free will thing, you still have free will. You still have the ability to make stupid decisions. But you also have free will and you have the ability to make great decisions and make wise decisions, and pray to God for guidance and wisdom on, you know, how you should act, what you, what you should do, I and mean, how you should move forward with certain things. So another thing that you can do is to ask God to show you anything that you should be addressing or moving away from. Um, when, when I got a lot of healing from um, you know, the, the experience that I had had as a child. That, that whole experience I had forgotten about. I had buried it so deep down that I had, had completely forgotten about it for probably close to two decades. And then one day it just came back to me. I was like, that's weird. Like, why did this just come back to me out of nowhere? It's like, what do I do with this? How do I process this? How do I handle this? Um, and... It wasn't until I forgave that person that I finally felt peace from it. And I no, I didn't. I have no idea where this person is. I didn't like reach out and find them. I just forgave that person to God. I said, God, I forgive this person for what they did to me, and that God started working on my heart. And you know, maybe He started working on their heart. Most likely, yeah. But again. With forgiveness, it's important to remember we don't have to go to that person and tell them face-to-face we forgive them because maybe we don't want to. And honestly, it's not necessary. All that matters is we forgive God or we forgive that person to God and we, we ask for forgiveness for being unforgiving. Another thing you can do... Um, there's actually a few things here, so you can look for dreams, for visions, for seemingly random thoughts, for music, for old friends reaching out of the blue. Any of these things that are we just kind of commonly write off as random, stop and think about them for a minute. Maybe pray about them. Just ask God are you, God, are you trying to show me something with um, with this person reaching out, or with with this? you know, this random vision. Um, I mean, for me, music was a big one um, because I've always kind of felt a close tie to music. And when I you know, listen to different songs, um, would feel kind of like different emotions and that kind of thing. Um, but music's one where, you know, I'll put giant playlist on shuffle and the first song will just go straight to my heart. Just like make me tear up and like make me feel this like fluttering in my heart. It's like a it's not
1: a bad thing. It's like a, it's like a it's like a
0: it's like probably one of the greatest feelings on earth. Just this like almost like breathtaking touch of my heart and that is I have learned since is um that's the Holy Spirit. That's that's essentially God lightly tapping his huge godly finger onto my heart um and i would i would experience that when i would listen to different christian songs and like um you know every once in a while there would just be something on them just like make me kind of like tear up and like a, a such a good way um like a like a good sense of overwhelming if that makes sense and you maybe you've experienced that before maybe you just didn't realize that that's the holy spirit touching you um but another thing you can do, you can reach out to me and let me know how this testimony has impacted you and how you could use help. Um, you know, I'm happy to pray for you. And the the most important things you can do in general, to sum it up in three words, love, forgive, pray.
1: So thank you for listening.
0: I hope that this testimony was Powerful for you. I hope that it touches you in a way that um, brings you closer to God. I hope it brings you healing. um, You know what? Forget hope. Father God, I pray that this podcast brings people, brings our listeners healing, brings them love, brings them peace. Uh, I pray that this podcast and what they learn from it and the actions that they take forth from this bring them favor and fortune in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. I pray that they find healing. I pray that they find a renewed, healed heart in Your mighty name,
1: and I pray that any
0: you know any unforgiveness that's that may be holding people down, maybe creating issues in their life that maybe they don't even realize are going on. I pray that this unforgiveness leaves them; that they that you the Holy Spirit starts to send to these people visions, reminders of people or things that they need to forgive and that they may openly forgive them to you, God, and begin to receive their healing and peace throughout their life. Lord Jesus, in your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. Be sure to reach out to me. Um, if you have questions, if you want prayer, um, if you couldn't hit like or subscribe, or I don't even know what the buttons are on, on all these things, but just hit some, hit some buttons that look good. Um, yeah, share this with a friend, share this with someone that they could be touched by this message. Um, and we'll plan to have more and more, more and more testimony similar to this of just God's ever ever moving power and love and peace that he brings upon us. Have a blessed day.